Welcome to Making Great Men Podcast. This is your host, Papa G. All right, all right. The way I just said Papa G was a little bit too uh, nasty. So let me say it again. Papa G is in the house with you today. Thank you for joining me for the next episode of Making Great Men Podcast. Uh, You know what happened to me today, ladies and gentlemen? I say ladies because um, I'm getting quite a bit of an audience of ladies following this podcast. Um, Today, a young lady in her 20s came and uh, bumped into me and uh, someone that I've known for a little while. And she said to me, hey, Papa G, thank you so much for your podcast. I've been giving it to all of my guy friends and my brothers and any guy that sort of seems interested in me and I'm interested in him, I've been slipping him the podcast to say, listen to this. (laughs) And if they can't handle what you're saying or agree with it, they're out. Wow, that was actually a massive compliment. So thank you for that, young lady. And uh, for anyone else who's doing that or thinking of doing that. And um, look, I stand by the podcast. I stand by what it represents. um, And I stand by the outcomes and the results of what it means to be a proper masculine man. Uh, So uh, if, if you haven't considered doing that, young ladies, then go for it. Give it a shot. See if the guy can handle it. But anyway, welcome uh, to today's episode. And uh, as you can tell from the title, today's episode is about self-awareness. What is it? What does it mean? And how do I develop it? Now, listen, ladies and gentlemen, let me let me just say something to you. Uh, um, <laughs> you're going to laugh at this. Self-awareness is a big bugbear of mine. Okay, bugbear. I have a couple of them. This is probably one of the main ones. The reason is, is because there's very few people who have got seemingly got self-awareness around them. Um, it's very evident when I meet people, when I interact with them in the public, when I'm on a plane, when I'm on a uh, driving in the car, when I'm especially when I'm driving in the car. Uh, it's probably more spatial awareness. Uh, walking in the shopping centre, self-awareness seems to have eluded society in a big way in the last 30, 40 years, and it is it is irritating to say the least. But worse than that, it actually shows us it actually shows that society is not heading in the right direction. So what do I mean by that? Like for instance, you can see it everywhere. Uh, when you're walking in a shopping center, people, you know, anything from walking five deep at the shops, oblivious to everyone behind them or around them, to you know, a, a work colleague giving someone else the silent treatment for weeks or days because they didn't, they got upset about something or annoyed and can't express how they feel, uh, to being around people who think more highly than they ought to about themselves. You know those people. Yeah, you know. Um, and if you don't know anyone that like that, it's probably you and your friendship group. But we'll leave that till later. Uh, so self awareness is a very important part of. Uh, of life, and so let's start off with a definition. Let's get straight into it. Start off with a definition, and and um, in a, in a couple of seconds, I actually want to talk to a particular group uh, because there's something that they need to know. But what is self awareness? What does it actually mean? Here's what it means: it means being aware of your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors, and how they affect others. I'll say that again: being aware of your thoughts, your emotions, and your behaviors, and how they affect others. That's what self-awareness means. How do my actions and thoughts and, and, and emotions affect other people? Being aware of them. What are they doing? Why am I reacting this way? What's going on? So in other words, understanding how you as a human interact with the people around you, how you affect them, how they affect you, and therefore being purposeful about the way you come across in your behavior. Isn't that a novel idea? Being purposeful about the way you come across 
in your behavior. Mm. Just think about that for a second. Just think about that for one second. Let me give you some music to think about it. Being purposeful about the way you come across in your behavior. Not being led by your emotions. Not being led by anger. Or your responses, your reactions being determined by someone's response. But actually being purposeful about the way you come across in your behavior. Think about that. All right, enough music for now. Now, I did that for a minute there because I wanted you to actually think about that. That's an important thing that we just seemingly, people just do not want to do anymore. They don't want to think about how they come across. They'd rather just come across, say what I've got to say, hashtag just saying. You can stick your hashtags just saying somewhere where the sun doesn't shine. Please find a place, stick it there. Sometimes you don't just saying. Sometimes you just keep it in, shut up and listen. Or watch out how you're responding to something. And so, so this is what self-awareness is. Or if I want to condense it down to a little formula, self-awareness equals being purposeful. Self-awareness equals being purposeful. Mm. Here comes the music, you know this. Self-awareness equals being purposeful. Purposefully thinking in a particular way. Purposefully acting in a particular way. Purposefully using your emotions in a particular way. Mm. This is all very important, ladies and gentlemen. Very important to do. And so when you are watching, listening, uh, being aware, acting and acting accordingly, this is what self-awareness self is about, is watching, listening, being aware, acting accordingly. So self-awareness is more than just having the um, having the you know the the notion of uh, I'm aware of what I'm doing, but I'm acting in a particular way because I'm aware and I've watched and I've listened to others and myself, and therefore I've chosen purposefully on how to respond. So self-awareness and its big brother emotional intelligence are now considered one of the main factors, listen to this, one of the main factors by many employers in the way they hire people or promote them in the organization. And also, unbeknownst to many people, self-awareness is becoming one of the main re, um, uh, factors in who someone dates. <laughs> so listen, before I go, before I go into how do we develop self-awareness, let me talk to the single people for a second, okay? I'm going to put on some gangster music for this one because I really want to I really want you to listen to here. Okay. Single people. Listen to me carefully right now. If you're in the market or you're going to look for someone or you want to be with someone or you've just met someone and you're considering whether they're a potential partner for you. You need to look for emotional intelligence and self-awareness. This is very important. Listen to me, especially you young ladies and men. Looks will fade, developed self-awareness will not. Okay? Say that again. Looks will fade, the abs will go, the hair will change, the Botox will dissolve, 
<laughs> Developed self-awareness will not. That's what you need to look for. Trust me. Trust anyone who's on the other side of this relationship scenario, done the test of time, learnt and experienced things that you have not. I'm going to give you five quick tips right now on what you need to uh, look for. Practical tips on what you need to look for in a, in a potential partner. I really hope these beats are coming through because they're sick. Okay. Number one, single person. Watch how your potential partner treats the wait staff at a food outlet or assistants at a store. How do they treat their siblings and their parents? Mm. Mm. You want to know what they're really like? Give them a few months and watch this. How do they speak to the person serving them? How do they speak to them if they got their food order wrong? How do they speak to them uh, if they didn't get the right size clothing? How do they talk to a sibling who they know very, very well? How do they talk to their mother or father? All of this is very important. They can fake it for a few weeks, but after a while, <laughs> the truth comes out. I want, you to listen, I want you to listen to everything that I'm saying today with this statement in mind, okay? Young people, single person, when people show you who they really are, listen to them. That includes when they're drunk. They don't act out of character when they're drunk. What actually happens when someone is intoxicated, the real them shows up. Boom! I hope you're listening to this. The real them shows up. If they're all lovely and nice when they're not drunk, but they're an angry drunk and they want to smack people and they're looking to fight when they are, that's who they are. Something is bubbling up on the inside. There's a lava, volcanic lava in there. And you need to work out what that is. Trust me on this. It is documented, evidenced. This is why they say the inhibitions fall down. Yeah. What they're saying is when you drink alcohol, the walls are down and all the facade is down and the real person comes out. If they're argumentative, if they're demeaning, if they're disrespectful, they don't automatically become that because they've drank. No, what's inside actually comes out. There's a little tip for you. So look at how they treat wait staff and look at how they treat their siblings and parents. Number two, do they actively listen when you speak? Mm. Do they listen with their eyes and their ears? Not do they hear you, but do they listen to when you speak? Are they mimicking what you're saying? Do they repeat the words that you're saying? Do they ask questions, follow up on what you're saying, showing that they're listening to what you have just said to them? So are they actively listening when you speak? Number three, can they regulate their emotions and adapt? <laughs> can they regulate their emotions and adapt? So in a high-stress situation, do they often lash out in anger and then say, oh, I'm really sorry, but you realize that this is a pattern? And if you've not been in a high-stress situation, Create one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Create one. Put away their phone when they're in a hurry and they can't find it. Okay. Listen, obviously I'm not trying to say anger your partner. But but create one. Come up with something. Um, watch carefully when you're running late to an event. Watch carefully to when things aren't going very, very well during the day. How are they responding to those things? That tells you something about them. Number four. They are open to feedback from those they trust. So someone like yourself or a close friend or a, uh, a sibling or a parent, they trust them. Are they open to feedback or do they constantly give reasons why the, a person who's given them feedback is wrong and you don't understand because? Mm. Keep an eye out for that. And finally, do their words line up with their actions? Do what they say to you line up with their actions? 
from the smallest thing. I'll be home by five, darling. Get home at 5.15 every other day. Red flag. If you don't think that's a red flag, trust me, it's a red flag. Oh, the traffic. Oh, the traffic. Oh, the traffic. Have you heard of Google Maps, Apple Maps? Yeah, use it. It'll tell you exactly what time you're going to get home. Shut up. Please listen to those things. Okay? Listen to those things. They're very important, those five. I'm going to say them to you again real quick. Watch how they treat weight staff and family. Do they actively listen to you? Can they regulate their emotions during high-stress situations? Are they open to feedback from those they trust? And do their words line up with, with their actions? That's a free five quick tip for you, single person. Take it. Write it down. Make sure you screen people through that just to start off with. Well, there you go. There you go. Let's move on. So as I was saying before, self-awareness, the definition of what self-awareness is, the fact that you can, you know what's happening around you, you know how your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors and how they affect others. So, um, you know, or, or <laughs> when, we, when we look at these things, you've got to work at how do I develop it? And part of the mission of this uh, podcast is to help you develop these things. So when I give you five tips like I just did, it's not just tips I've read in a book. It's tips that I've lived and I've, I've counseled thousands of people through and seen what works and what doesn't. So what I'm about to give you is how to develop self-awareness. I'm going to give you eight practical tips on how to develop self-awareness. And that's going to be um, things that I've seen work, things that I've helped people work, and things that I've done in my life to develop self-awareness. Not only in my life, not only in other adults, but I've seen it now working in my children's lives. I have five children, for those who don't know. The first child, he's got Down syndrome and is in supported independent living, loving his life. And and even as a Down syndrome kid, he's quite self-aware for a Down syndrome kid, trust me. The other four are all ranging from 23 down to 12, and they are all self-aware or developing self-aware traits already, already. So when I'm giving you these tips, it's not just things out of a book, trust me. It's things that I've learnt that I've researched, that I've implemented with hundreds of people, including myself, and I've seen them work. So here are the eight things that you can do practically in order to start to develop self-awareness in your life. Now you think to yourself, George, why do I need self-awareness? Well, because you live in a society, because we're designed to have self-awareness, because we care about other people, because we'd like to move forward and move ahead in life, because I'd like to build a better career, because I'd like to build a better business, because I'd like to be a better boss or a better brother or a better sister or a better sibling or a better um, child or a better father or a mother. All of these reasons, all of these come because of self-awareness. Okay? So here's the first one. self reflect learn how to become self-reflective what does that mean well you can journal or you can just sit back and think and, and here is what you do you ask yourself how do i respond how did i respond to people and situations today so you stop and you think about how did i respond to people and situations today go through the day at the end of the day and look and think okay mm, i could have, um I, could i have done better could i have been kinder to this person could I have been a little bit stronger in this situation? Could I have been a little bit milder in this situation? What could I have done different? And in that moment, if you think you've done someone wrong, even though you may not have felt like you've in the moment you've done someone wrong or they even feel like you have, you could go back and to them the next day at work, let's say, and say, hey, look, I just I reflected last night on what we were talking about. I think I was a little bit brash or I didn't explain myself properly. I'm sorry. This is what I meant. Trust me, you will build respect points in character by doing that, and it's very important for your own well-being to do that. Um, how did someone's actions make me feel? This is how I'm reflecting. How did some, so-and-so, my work colleague, my partner, my child, they did something, 
um, it triggered me. Why was I triggered? Is it something in me? Is it something in my past that caused me to trigger? Why would that trigger me? Um, be mindful of what happened that day and think through it. Give yourself 20 minutes, half an hour, 15 minutes, whatever it takes to think through the day and become self-reflective. Now, listen, caveat. I'm not asking you to be negative about the day. I'm asking you to look for the silver lining in that day. Here's what happened. That's the facts. Here's how I responded. That's the facts. How could I have done it better? That's the building. I'm not asking you to go, here's what happened. Woe is me. Lord, I can't believe this is happening to me again. My boss yelled at me. And oh, no, I'm not worthy. I'm worthless. No, 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 no. That's not self-reflection. That is condemnation. And nothing about condemnation is good. But reflecting about yourself, looking for the silver lining, how can I be better? Yes, trust me, almost everything you deal with has got a silver lining to it. Um, I, I've, I heard a story of, a, of an ex-SAS uh, commander who when his uh, subordinates would come to him and say to him, we have a problem and tell him the problem, his first response is, good. And then the next next one would come, or next time the same person would come, his his sergeant, and say, "Here's what's um here's a problem. We're encountering this enemy over here." Say, "Good." And after a few days, the the commander, the, the the sergeant came to him and said, "Commander, why do you keep saying good to every problem I give you?" He said, "Because every problem you give me has got a good opportunity for us to look for." And so quickly he changed the problem to an actual learning moment, and we can do that as well. What did I learn from this situation? What could I have done better? How could I have responded better? Oh. I actually responded really well, as, 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 as good as I wanted to. Fantastic. You've just learned a behavior now that you can repeat. Okay, so self-reflection. Number two, ask for feedback. Go to the people that are in your life that you trust the most, that have got your best interest at heart, and ask them for feedback about your behavior, your words, how you come across to others. This is a tough one. Gentlemen and ladies, this is a tough one, a very tough one. How do I go and ask my partner, my my close work colleague, my best friend, my boss that I can trust, maybe a spiritual leader, a minister that you, uh, someone in your community club who you know, someone in your sports team that you really, really get along with, that you know has got your best interests at heart, and just say, "Hey, how do I? How did I come across in this situation? How do people see me?" Um, and and if they say, "Look, yeah, sometimes you come across a bit brash," that's not the time to become brash, okay? That's the time to go, oh, what do you mean by that? How? Well, sometimes when people say things to you, you cut them off, you are short, you you are all-knowing, you know everything about everything, um, you know, and I'm just trying to tell you this is how people see it and this is how I see it. Well, maybe reflect on that. Say, okay, all right, thank you. I'm going to go away and reflect on that. Thank you. And go away and look at the situations. Maybe ask for details and hopefully they have some details. Or if they don't, just say, look, next time you see me do that, Maybe at the end of the night, maybe the next day, if you can pull me aside and say, hey, remember you asked me to tell you? Well, yesterday you said X, Y, Z, and that came across as too sharp or too brash or too know-it-all, um, or you cut people off. That's important. Ask for feedback. Ex- these external viewpoints will give you valuable insight that you won't be able to see about yourself because we all have blind blind spots, yes, including me. And so um, <laughs> when you have self-aware children, trust me, they tell you about your blind spots. Uh, so that's number two. Number three. Develop your emotional intelligence. Now, you heard me say a moment ago, emotional intelligence is like the big brother of um, self-awareness. But if I can use the word emotional intelligence to, to say, identify your emotions. What emotions do you walk around with 
on a daily basis generally? What is it? Is it a sour face? Do you look like you've been sucking lemons all day? Do you do, or do you have a smile on your face? Do you greet people with with contentment? Do you have contentment as a as an emotion? Do you have uh, gratitude? What, what is it about you that you walk around with? Basically, if I could use it in a sensory sort of way, um, what taste do you leave in people's mouth when they've been in your vicinity? Mm. What's the taste you leave in their mouth? Do they feel? Do they go away feeling like you're a you're a good person, a nice person, a kind person, a happy person, or do they feel like you're an eeyore, or a grump, or an angry, or a um, you know uh, stoic person? Now I understand we all have all got past, and I understand some people's pasts are horrible. I get it. But trust me when I say to you that I've met people and I know people intimately who have had pasts that you would not survive from. Understand what I'm saying? Sexually abused as young children for for a decade, then misused and abused by partner after partner. Family members abandoned them. They've had horrible 20, 30, 40 years of life. And now in their mid-40s, you talk to them and there's a smile on their face They've gone through. They've gone through the work that they've put through the work they needed to to get through to the other side to to be grateful for life, to love life, to love people, to think of others, to not be self centered, to not fall into depression, to not get. And so I understand that some people have been through horrible moments, but we've all got the ability to choose to change. Trust me on that. The evidence on that is overwhelming and complete. No one is stuck in the lot of life that's been handed to them when they've grown up. We can all move to the next moment or next season of our life. And so developing that emotional intelligence. Number four, it's important to expand your mind as part of the process if you want to develop self-awareness. What do I mean by that? Simply read articles, read books, find out how your brain works, learn about how human interaction works. I'm not asking you to become a psychologist. I'm just saying read psychological articles, listen to people like Jordan Peterson, clinical psychologists who can tell you things, Andrew Huberman, um, people who can understand the inner workings of humanity and then learn on how I can better myself and better my interactions with humans. So expand your mind. Number five, and this is only if you need it, uh, get therapy. If you need it, get therapy therapy so if you identify in the time and this is the beauty about reflecting you can find things that are doing good find things that need work and also find patterns you'll be able to see patterns especially if you write them down on your behavior Mm. for the last three weeks i've reacted this way to this particular type of behavior that comes towards me or a particular statement that said to me i react in this way i wonder why that is Something happened? Do I have an issue with my with my dad? Do I have an issue with my mom? Did something go on? Was there something in my childhood? Was I hurt by someone that I never spoke to about? So these deep-rooted issues in you that keep popping up, go seek professional help. Because, you know, remember, you want to see someone who, who wants to make you better and give you practical ways that can help you. Um, and all of us, all of us at some stage in our life will need to do something like this. So get therapy if needed. Number four, uh, number six, that was number five. But number six, take a personality and a strengths test online. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is go online, pick up something like the Enneagram, Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs test. So, so Myers-Briggs, M-Y-E-R-S-B-R-I-G-G-S, Google that, or Enneagram, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, Enneagram. They'll give you their really good personality tests. Or one of my favorites to do, which absolutely unlocked 
who I am as a person is StrengthsFinder 2.0. This StrengthsFinder, StrengthsFinder 2.0. Google any of these, you'll, you'll find them. But StrengthsFinder allowed me to find what my top five strengths are, explained what they are, and it was like an alarm bell. It was like a huge explosion happened in my head. And I realized, yes, that's what I know how to do well. This is why I do things the way I do. I looked at them and I thought, oh, wow, my top one is strategic. My second one is communication. Duh. My third one is belief, that I, I work out of a deep sense of belief. My fourth one was uh, um, uh, activation, uh, that I activate other people. Uh, my fifth one is woo, win others over. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I looked at those and, and I, as I read through the details, it was like a massive light bulb moment. These are my superpowers. Now, like I've said before in other episodes, superpowers can also be um, kryptonites, but I won't get into that today. I'll do that in another episode or in my previous episodes, it's there. But at least I found out what my superpowers are and how to best use them, how to best use my strategy, my communication, my belief, my um, activating of other people and getting their gifts to, to be worked well uh, and winning others over to an idea. And so... Uh, these things will help you understand yourself better and therefore you'll be able to become more productive for yourself and for other people. So those again, Maya Briggs or Enneagram for personality or StrengthsFinder 2.0 for your strengths. Two more to go, two more to go guys, just hang in there. Um, number seven ways, seventh way you can develop um, self-awareness is social interactions. Mm -hmm. You can't be a hermit and develop uh, self-awareness. It's not going to happen. What I mean by that is when you're in a social setting, do something that may seem a little bit weird to, to you. Obviously, don't act weird. Um, but stand outside of yourself and watch how you interact with others in a social setting. I know that sounds weird, but you understand what I mean. Just be aware of how you're interacting with people. Are you standoffish? What's the look on your face? What's the expression you think is happening? What's your body language like? How are you responding to someone? Are you dodging people? Um, are you being uh, are you being nice? Um, do you just all of a sudden blurt everything out about, you spill the beans about every single part of your life? Are you the type of person when someone shares an experience they've had that day or that week, you within moments without even acknowledging what they've said, start to share your experience? Um, oh, you know, some lady shares about a miscarriage she'd had in the last couple of weeks. And so all of a sudden, yes, we had a miscarriage but 10 years ago and, you know, those people. And so um, why, don't you be, why don't you say, okay, well, maybe I should be empathetic there or maybe I should listen and ask if she's okay and, and all that sort of thing. And then when, if the timing's right, I can share that I've had an experience and I understand what you're going through. That's empathy, okay? Um, so watch yourself in those interactions and then at the end of the day, reflect on them. Okay, that's interesting how I did that. Why do I actually shine the corner? You might be an introvert and you go, you know what? I've got to be in there. You know that you've got two hours in your tank. You go do it and you go home. <laughs> that's what happens. I get it, but that's a great lesson to learn about yourself. So social interaction. And number, um, this is a big one. I left it to the end because it is a massive one on so many scales. Number eight is practice gratitude. <sighs> practice gratitude. I'm definitely going to need music for this one because this is, this is very important. You see, we now live in a world where... It's riddled with depression and anxiety. Um, people don't know how to cope with the things of life. Um, 
We look at the future and it's a grim. We look at the past and we don't like it. We hate what we do not have now. And so what is depression and anxiety? Well, simply put, depression is being worried about what you don't have. Anxiety is being worried about what may or may not happen in the future. And so, so what does gratitude, what, what, what do those things do to you? They rob your ability to be thankful for what you've come from, from where you are now, and be thankful and hopeful for the future. Depression and anxiety rob hope from you. That's all they do. They rob this sense of hope of what is today and what is to come tomorrow. And so here's what gratitude does. Once again, this is all, you can go research it. Please Google this, chat GPT it, talk, look at gratitude lists, whatever you need to do. I'm going to help you build one today because it's so important. Gratitude, if done well, can counteract both those things, depression and anxiety over time. Properly done, they can counteract them to the point where gratitude becomes your number one sense of life rather than uh, anxiety and depression. I'm not telling you to get off your medication. Papa G is not telling you to do that by any stretch of the imagination. I'm saying while you're on that crutch, your, your mind needs to heal and it heals by talking through things. For some of you, you definitely need seek professional help. But while you're doing all of that, develop a gratitude list and I'm going to show you how to get through one. Okay, so here we go. This list needs to needs to be um, written in a particular way. So with a gratitude list, you need to write down these things. What am I grateful for? What things in my life am I grateful for? Are they my parents? These, these are the headings, okay? Parents or siblings or a partner or a home or a job or the fact that you got breath in your lungs, the fact that you can work, the fact that you're creative, the fact that you're musical, uh, the fact that you're part of a community, the fact that you are um, able to do uh, exercise and you enjoy it. Write down as many things, sit with someone if you find it hard to write, find out what you're grateful for and help them write it. So then once you've written down those as headings, then for each one of those, you go and put down detail form of why you're grateful for that person or that thing. So if I'm grateful for my parents, then I'm going to put down why I'm grateful for that. Because my father does this or my mother does that. Here are the five things for mom. Here are the five things for dad. I'm grateful for my partner. What are you grateful for? Well, that they earn finances, that they help me with the house, that they help me raise the children, that they help do this, that they fit. Not all, this is not the time to go, here's what my, my partner does not do. They don't help vacuum the house. Well, okay, relax. Forget about all the things they don't do for a minute. And let's think about the things they do do that you like about them, that you are grateful for. And because what are we doing here? We're trying to rewire your brain to look at the positive things of life, not the negative things of life. And a gratitude list is very powerful for this. So you've got the headings, you've got detail under each one of these points, and then here's what you do every morning and every night. 15 to 20 minutes every morning and every night. Each day you do this, okay? You wake up or just before you go to bed, you spend 15 to 20 minutes going through the list. I'm not talking through the whole list. You pick one for that day. Well, today, morning and night, I'm going to concentrate on my mum. And I'm going to concentrate on one of the five points for my mum. And I'm going to expand on that. 
So if one of those points, for instance, that I, I am grateful for my mother and one of those points, those five points that I'm grateful for my mum, is the fact that she checks up on me every other day, calls me or messages me or is interested in my life or when I call her and tell her about something, she's empathetic, she's sympathetic or she's excited about what I tell her. That's what you concentrate on. Don't worry about the other four things. You'll do those tomorrow. You'll do number two tomorrow. The day after that, you'll do number three for your mum. The day after that, you do number four. You see, what we try to do is we try to be thankful for all of the list every day. And when we do that, our brains can't compute that much gratitude in one moment. You, you need to drill down because then after doing that for a week or two, you start to become bored of that one list. But when you drill down, deep down, well, I'm grateful for my mum because she contacts me. Sub, sub point number one to mum is she contacts me, she checks up on me. And then you start thinking. I love our mum when she calls. She's so excited if I share something exciting or she's really empathetic if I share something sad for the day. She checks in on me. She asks how I'm going. She wants to know detail. Um, she tells me she loves me often and I've been taking that for granted actually because I've been hearing it my whole life. But actually she loves me. She actually loves me. And you spend 15 minutes and, and you just literally say, I am so thankful for that. I am so thankful that I have a mum who does that, who checks up on me, talks to me. You know what? I'm going to call her today and say, thank you so mum. So thank you so much, mum, for doing that for me. Now, I've just spent a few minutes doing that and 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 I'm not even trying. You could easily spend 15, 20 minutes twice a day doing that. In the in the afternoon, in the evening, you are also being grateful about that same thing. But I guarantee you, by the time you get to the night time, once you've done it in the morning, you've got three or four other things for that sub point about her contacting you because you've been dwelling on it throughout the day. And then you're thankful for that again. The next day you wake up, you're at point two for mum. Here's the second thing I love about mum. So if you've got, so understand that if you've got, let's say, 10 things you're grateful for in your life, then those 10 things, uh, 10 headings, each have got five, that's 50 things you are grateful for, 50 days of being grateful. And then what do you do after 50 days, George? <laughs> well, firstly, you're going to, your, your brain chemistry is going to be changing, but then you go back and start again. That's 100 days. By the time you do this three or four times, you've done a year of gratefulness and you still haven't repeated it to the place of boredom yet. And that's a whole year of gratefulness. And then once you get through that list, write a whole new list. Some of those may transpose into the new list, but I guarantee you there'll be a whole new addition to that list because all of a sudden you'll start to see things that you never saw when you first started this assignment. You'll start to see work colleagues you're grateful for. You'll start to see that you've got a, a neighbor you're grateful for or someone at the gym you're grateful for or a child that you're grateful for or all of these things will start to change. And let me tell you why they'll change. Not because they've changed the external people, but because you've changed on the inside. The way you see life, the way you interact with yourself, more importantly, the way you interact with them. And all of this has come from a gratitude list that you seriously put down and you seriously make note and, and attempt to do it twice a day, 15 to 20 minutes. Now think about that, 15 to 20 minutes, half an hour to 40 minutes a day, and you'll radically change your life doing one thing. Now I did an episode a few months ago about five tips on how to be a better man. You can go back and look at that. Just go go up the list and you'll, you'll, see, there, you'll see it there on the podcast. Um, and all of those are practical things you can do. You can do straight away and make them happen. But I guarantee you that if you did this one thing 
It will trump anything you will do in regards to changing your mental well-being. Trust me on this. This is very, very important that you do it. Practice gratitude. Practice gratitude. So these are these are simple, um, you know, uh, practical ways to develop uh, self-awareness, and um, you know they are very, very important that you do them because when you do these eight things, um, I, I won't repeat them, which I'll normally do now, but you can go back and listen to them all. These eight things will change who you are as a person and become more self-aware. People will notice things about you. You see, we need more people that learn and take the time to develop self-awareness so that they're not just doing life automatically, but they've developed it purposefully. Uh, if you want a better relationship, you want to progress in your career, as I said earlier, you want to be a better human, a better partner, a better father, mother, sister, sibling, <laughs> um, a child to your parents, uh, a better employer, a better employee, then you need to develop your self-awareness and your emotional intelligence. Trust me, ladies and gentlemen, doing so will only make society better. The more people that are aware of how their emotions and actions affect others and how to deal with situations like an adult rather than a child, the better society will be. Ah, well, there you go. That's self-awareness. And in there was five quick tips for the single people on potential partners. Please share this around. Guys, get as many people as you can onto this podcast. And there's thousands listening to us. We're in, I think, 23 countries now. So I'm very thankful for you guys doing that. Have a great rest of the week. And I will see you on the next episode.